0: Right, here we are. Vibeke Maniche, thank you so much for joining me. You are a Danish doctor. And
1: exactly. you recent
0: And you recently published a paper with some colleagues in the European Journal of Clinical Investigation. And it was on a topic called batch-dependent safety of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. And it came out mid-April of this year. And it piqued my interest because... A lot of people have been talking about the batches and I've even come across a website, how bad is my batch? And people are saying that according to the various data and the, the mechanisms whereby you can record the safety or adverse effects of the vaccines, so-called vaccines, um, some batches seem to be um, associated with higher complications and risks than others. And that's fueled a whole, you know, debate um, among some people, you might call them conspiracy theorists, that there are some batches deliberately flawed or dangerous and some were placebo. But can you just clarify, you know, your credentials, your experience, what made you even research this area and what were your findings, please?
1: Yes. And and thank you for having me here on your show. I'm, I'm very grateful. Pleasure. Uh, well, To take my credentials, uh, first of all, um, I've been working as a doctor for, you know, 34 years of time already. And in in all that time, you know, my main focus has been more or less, you know, focusing on on public health, also epidemiology. Uh, I have a PhD within that field. And, and, you know, I've been working with rare diseases, public health, you know, uh, what are the citizens, uh, you know, what are the sickness, uh, which trends do we see, and so on. So it's actually my, you know, you can say my medical DNA, so to speak. And then, uh, you know, for the last three years, or it's even more than three years in, you could say corona hell, uh, I've been very much (laughs) focusing on, on, well, you know, call it whatever you like, but nevertheless. um I very much focus on data, on facts. That's concerning the lockdowns, the wear, wear of masks. And so, of course, also the whole part about, you know, vaccinating uh, the population, whether we had the facts for doing that and, and all sort of stuff. And, and quite early in that process, um, we have been looking uh, and we is like the group of us doctors uh, statisticians, and so on, which has been a group of uh, doctors and colleagues in in that period and from the very beginning, we were looking into the data uh, to the epidemiology, the Danish data, whether we had excess mortality, which we didn't uh, when we started out but My expectations were when we started out and had the lockdowns, you know, what I said was that I would expect there to be excess mortality, because when you close down the the, the hospitals, the rehabs and so on, that that would be the the future. And so it was. So from May 21st, uh, we had excess mortality. And in that same process, we were looking into, of course, who was getting the vaccination, um, the, the excess mortality is not uh, only or, or, or could be partly because of the vaccination. We don't know. I think there's many uh, causes for that. So, But nevertheless, we looked into the vaccination data. We looked into who was being vaccinated, and then we started looking into um, the, the reported side effects, whether there was a trend, whether it, it was given to the elderly, the and so on. And in that process, uh, especially uh, our very um, um, uh, qualified statistician, Mark Smelling, looked into the data and very soon got quite concerned because we had these, which our study also show, had these three um, different ways of, of having the side effects or to put it another way, uh, we could see that a very small part of the badges. Actually, only 4.2% of the batches uh, were related to 71% of the reported side effects. Wow. And I'm saying the reported side effects because that's all we know, uh, because we know from other studies that the, the side effects being reported is just, yeah. you know, the, the the top of the iceberg. Mm. So we looked into these data and found this, that it literally turns out that you have some few batches, which literally uh, uh, are accorded to most of the uh, reported side effects. Then you have another group with less reported side effects and you have a third group, which we call the yellow line, uh, which when we were doing the data, didn't seem to have any reported side effects. But I must clear that, you know, our study is just within a certain time time frame. So afterwards, you know, there could be uh, some side effects because there's a backlog from, you know, where they do the analysis. But nevertheless, our concern was and still is that, you know, some very few batches, tend to have all the, uh, more or less, not all, but a very big part of the, um, uh, you know, uh, reported side effects.
0: So it's fair to say it's And not, that was the study. Yeah. I mean, that's that's great. I just want to ask you a few, few more things, but one, it's fair so, to say from a, it's not a conspiracy theory to say that there are bad batches.
1: Uh, definitely, and and you know I hate that word because you know uh, for the last three and a half years I think I have been doing in Danish, uh, maybe three thousand posts about facts and data and Danish data and science and so on, and I hate being called names because you know I have been so much focusing on facts, and I hate you know I never tell names you know for other people, so I think we have to you know what I have been asking for for these three and a half years is facts facts and facts and what the truth is is that the media the governments the authorities have been going into a kind of a state of mind mind i will call it not facts at all but fear mongering like they have been you know like they have been searching and running for fear and and try and you know keep the you know, the citizens in, in, you know, what you could call a, a very strong uh, way of um, attention or, or, or you know, you could call prisoning in some way or another. So I think for me, it's very important not to either call names or being called names. So I never liked that when we call that because it's a way of putting a narrative into people who's actually, you know, maybe you know, the smartest people, so to speak, where you keep an open mind, you keep the focus on data, you keep the focus on science, and then it has nothing to do with whatever names we were given. So So that's just a
0: a small part. Rebecca, I'm really sorry. I didn't actually know that you were you're I don't know much about your background at all other than this paper. I came across this paper. No. I saw that you're an author. I saw there's a contact detail and I reached out. So t- tell me about yourself. Mm. I mean, I didn't realize that you've been called names and, and had, you know, accusations and stuff. So what? tell me about your history over the last three years of Corona Hell.
1: Well, well, the thing is, you know, I'm a Danish doctor and I've been a public figure in Denmark for, you know, maybe 30 odd years or something like that. I've, I've written a lot of, books about bearing children, family health, and so on. You know, I think more or less 35 books. So, you know, in Denmark, I'm quite a known doctor. And the minute the Danish uh, minister, uh, prime minister, closed down the country, I was the only doctor who, who went out and said, well, this is nonsense. You know, we had Uh, patient zero in Denmark, 28th of February. I knew that we would not, you know, I've been following the data. I knew that we couldn't go into like a huge pandemic at that time of the year. We already knew from data from china that there was a kind of a seasonal way of having uh, covid 19 at least in in denmark and you know it's denmark i know most about so i was like the only doctor who kind of spoke out and said this is nonsense this is out of proportionality you know it will have so sincere consequences people will die because you you lock down the hospitals so i'm i'm like saying we need proportionality and and we need to look into the very small figures, which we had at that time. And what happened was that, you know, I've been like a doctor, a public doctor for ages, having had a splendid, you know, cooperation with the press, wherever they were. And suddenly, just like that, it was like silenced, censored, you know, defamed, uh, you know, all, all that stuff, which actually you must have had the same experience in UK, I'm sure but but it just turned out yeah. that no one would listen they would just try and find the you know the mistakes they would just literally they just silenced me that's literally what happened and so we in our group with you know cl- quite um i would say smart doctors but with a lot of experience, we kept looking at the data, we kept looking at the facts and, and turned out that we were right, more or less. Uh, my only mistake, uh, I must admit, is that I said that within ha- one and a half year, when we locked down, we would see excess mortality. And I said that out from the understanding that if you close down the hospitals, yep. you will have a delayed de- diagnosis, delayed treatment and delayed rehab. And it turned out I was wrong because it was actually less than one and a half year after the lockdown that we saw and have seen after that, the excess mortality. So it's just to say that for me, it has been and still is very important to look into the data to look into the facts and not from the beginning kind of say, that's what we're looking for, Uh, you know, uh, cherry picking. You want to look into the data. You want to look into the facts. And that's what we've been doing with this study also.
0: It's kind of crazy. So it was
1: just a a small. It's crazy because that is the next thing you saw. Uh, when when you had all that social media uh, censorship, you saw that whenever you you just yep. kind of had the idea that there could be side effects, everything was closed down. You had a sign on Facebook saying misinformation. I was kicked out of LinkedIn. They didn't let me in again oh, wow. just for putting out data. And one of the odd thing we saw very quickly was that uh, the vaccine uh, breakthrough, you know, where you have the um, you get the c- corona again, we could see from the Danish dashboards at the Danish Serum Institute, which, which had the dashboard who 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 was sick and who was taken to hospital and that with corona, and we could very soon see from the data. That actually people who were vaccinated, and that we haven't published, but that people who were vaccinated actually had more corona breakthroughs, you know, than non-vaccinated people. And what happened? You know, you would expect that everyone would look into that and talk about it and say, oh, what's happening? no. They just turned down the dashboard so you couldn't see those data any longer. So it's like it's been a crazy world for the last three and a half year, especially for us who just loves science and loves, uh, you know, to have a scientific debate and and have an open, transparent debate. And it's just been locked down. So I'm very grateful that now with this study, I actually see it as an opening Because this is actually the first study of its kind where you kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, focus on that there is a side, uh, there's a backside, there's a flip side of that coin when you talk about vaccination, vaccinating uh, elderly uh, children, young people, and so on. And I'm very happy. And I think it took a a lot of courage for that, you know, uh, scientific journal to actually uh, take our study and and publish it. So I'm very grateful. And I I think it's, uh, you know, great science and it it how it should be.
0: You're definitely the example to me of a true doctor and a true scientist. You know, if you just, what you've just said in the last few minutes and you compare that to someone like Fauci or the doctors that we have Mm. here in the UK, you know, they pale Mm. in comparison. They're fraudsters. They're scam artists. Uh, Um, that's the only way I can look at it. I,
1: I never met, no, exactly. I never met Fauci. I did I did meet Francis Collins when I was uh, working with rare diseases. My PhD is also within a rare disease. And I, I, I met Francis Collins because with the DNA and, and the, the, the human genome and all that, that is quite, quite many years ago. And I remember I actually met him several times. It's like, this has been Francis Collins and Fauci, you know, being just like that. And I just it just reminded me that when we had these meetings and we were like a small group of international doctors working with rare diseases, and he was like some kind of a big star, really. I just remember that whenever we had this meeting, he was like giving lectures, even when we had like the small groups where we were discussing this and that, he was like giving lectures and he didn't really listen. And it kind of took me into that, you know, feeling again, about all this because I would expect with all this, you know, if you have asked me before March twenty twenty, would we lock down also the debate, you know, in between the scientists or will would we have an open debate? And you know, I was was so naive, so I would have expected it to be an open debate. But it just reminded me that Francis Collins (laughs) didn't didn't listen either. Mm. You know, 25 odd years ago or how how long ago, because that is the problem. Fauci and Francis Collins they were not open-minded. They kind of locked down. They closed down for any debate. They they had a huge impact on the censorship. They tried to have the censorship. We saw that with the Twitter files. So I think, as you said, you know, maybe I wouldn't use that harsh words, but I would definitely say that someone is has been shame, shameful for our, you know, our our whole medical area. That's for sure. Yeah, and I- very depressing, and in the end, cost lives.
0: Yeah, I mean I I don't choose those words lightly. Um Rebecca, it's just that no. the people who are trying their best, you know, science is open debate and dialogue and sharing ideas. And it wasn't just a mm. physical lockdown. We saw a mental lockdown, a psychological lockdown, a scientific lockdown. You know, <laughs> this is just and to stand up there on Definitely. a stage and Fauci to say I am science. I mean, it's just insane. Mm. Now can I just come back to you, yes. please? And and, and your yes. study, yes. if you don't mind me asking. So mm. I've yes. come yes. I've come over to the idea that there was no pandemic. The data coming out from John Inudus and the Princess Diamond Cruise ship shows that the, the fatality was you know the same as a, a seasonal flu. Mm. And although there was a, a mm. rise in excess mortality, a small rise, I think a lot of it was the iatrogenic harm from the lockdown measures mm. from the medazolam the remdesivir the ventilators you know all, and denying people antibiotics so i i i don't think this is a real pandemic i think this this was not the case did in denmark did you see in 2020 any excess mortality or was it really just after the after a year and the vaccines no. and everything else
1: no no excess mortality at all we didn't have any excess mortality i mean what what happened was that May 21. And since that, I just had the la- latest date data just, just this afternoon, actually. And we have still been going on for well, not that big as in, in 22, but still here in 23. We still have an excess mortality and it all started out, started out May 21, which actually is the same case. Many other places like Finland and Norway and many other places actually. It, and, and that is the horrifying thing is like what happened May 21 where you, then had the excess mortality. But when we had the Corona and everyone was scared and you know, like literally out of their minds being a mass psychosis, you could call it. uh, No, then we didn't have in Denmark any excess mortality at all. And when we're looking at the hospitalization, which was funny also, yeah. the hospitalisation where everyone was, now we have 20 and now we have 25. It was like literally, literally a very small part of the daily hospitalisation, which was actually, uh, has, had something to do with Corona. And still the, the headlines and everyone was, oh my God, another one being hospita- hospitalised. It, it was just a crazy world. So this but no the- excess mortality in this- Denmark.
0: That's fascinating because here in the UK we had charts rising charts, people getting mm. infected, people dying, red, red bar graphs just climbing, climbing, climbing. If that did that not happen in Denmark? You know, if there was a pandemic, you'd think that there must have been lots of people dying excessively. You're telling me in twenty twenty, during the height of the pandemic, yeah. no. there was no excess death.
1: No, 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 nothing at all. And and what we did try and and no one listened. Well, they listened in our echo chamber, so to speak. But in the start, actually, everyone hated me when I said this. Nowadays, lots of also colleagues agree on that. Thank God for that. But, but you know, in the, in in the start, it was like you were, you were, you were uh, dangerous if you said all this. But we just looked into like the hospitalization data. We looked into the data and so, okay, that's, let's say 50 a day. Denmark is a small country, but then we look at the whole chart, you know, how many are actually going into the hospital on a daily basis. And this was like three and a half thousand or something in Denmark. So the small, small part of the uh, the people with with corona was literally nothing. But then again, the headlines, everyone was talking about these data, like if, you know, it was all burning that we were in hell, which we wasn't. Yes. But the hell was created by humans, by the lockdowns, by the mask mandates, the vaccine mandates. That's a man-made hell, so to speak.
0: Absolutely, because it comes back to if this virus, which, you know, viruses don't recognize national borders and regions, if this virus is as deadly as everyone is saying, it would have swept around the world, Mm. and you would have seen people falling down dead everywhere. Now, why did it affect Northern Italy Mm. and New York more than other places? Why did it affect maybe the UK? I think it's because of the human measures, the, the, the measures that we implemented because the virus doesn't change, whether it's in New York, Northern Italy or straight uh, Austria, France or Denmark, it's going to be the same yeah. everywhere. Um, so yeah, mm. I think you're mm. right. It was the man made hell. You know, can I ask though, because the data in the UK yeah. is very confusing and I've seen people mm. argue oh no, it's the unvaccinated that are caused, are dying more frequently than the vaccinated. It's the unvaccinated mm. getting infected more frequently than the vaccinated. What's the data in Denmark showing?
1: Well, well, what we could see, I mean, the data we had, which was lock, closed down afterwards, was that the m- people who who got most reinfected when we had the dashboard uh, boards with those da- data was actually the, the vaccinated. But it's nothing we have published. So, so we have those data. I have those data until they closed down the the dashboard and 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 took those data away because they were inconvenience so to speak mm. uh, but but you can see also uh, with the transmission uh, that that you know uh, in the in the start also in Denmark the lie was that if the child will take the vaccine uh, fortunately uh, grandma will survive and she won't die and we knew that was a totally lie we didn't have the data we didn't have the science it was just a way of nudging people you know i call it the century's biggest nudging project Project because it was just nudging the, the whole population to go down and have that vaccine, so to call it, you know, so which was actually crazy. I know, but, but what yeah, I was, I, I, I was going to yeah, say,
0: what, as a doctor, with all your experience, have you ever known when you take a drug or intervention to save someone else? Sure, sh- sh- I thought you took vaccines well, well, you to protect could argue, yourself. You could,
1: you- <laughs> Yeah, well, you could argue with vaccination. You know, proper vaccinations. That you know, if you if you if you have a vaccination and you want to get rid of polio and you want to get rid of this and that, then there is a, a way of protecting the, the 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 fragile ones which can't have the vaccination. But but still, I mean, it seems like we forgot first of all do no harm because. You know, and that's what varied me from the start. We had a very small study. We have been looking very much into Pfizer because Pfizer vaccine has been the eighty percent of the Danish population had that one, and you could see it was just a very small study, and it had a very small time range. I think a little more than two months. So the whole discussion about long-term side effects, long-term consequences, whether it was for the children, for the pregnant, for the young ones, for the elderly, we didn't have those data. And usually you would be, you know, from a doctor point, very concerned and and it's a new technique. They have been trying to have that technique worked out for HIV. Uh, You know, the whole HIV um, vaccination has been, I think they have been working in or tried to find a solution within maybe 15 years. And then Mm. just like that, two months, snap, here it is. And I was like, how come that you're not more concerned? How come you have that kind of, I call it a mass psychosis? What is happening? Where does that come from? Because usually I would expect, you know, at least uh, bright doctors to kind of have a little concern or a little... Let's look into the side effects, or you know, let's ju- just be careful. Let's let the children stay children. Let the young ones—they don't need that. And it all turned out that you were a, an enemy of the state if you didn't have the vaccination. Which, in my years, you know, as a, a doctor, was just plain odd and you know, crazy, really. So, so I I think much have happened. In, in in these years, which is hard to
0: explain. Yeah, it is very hard to explain it. Just upside down world. It's a crazy inverted world that we live in. Can I quickly ask about the batches, yeah. the bad batches? Could it be argued yes. that it's just a, a reporting error, you've picked up you know, a random thing, actually all batches are just, some of them are going to be bad and, and it's not just a few percentage ones, 4% accounting for 74%. It's just something in the way it's been recorded. They're, could it just be explained away by that? No, no. I mean, of course, well, what we know now, which
1: we didn't have the data when we had the publication, you know, afterwards they gave us the data. They didn't want to give us uh, firsthand. But we know now that what you call the bad batches, we call it the blue batches, but nevertheless, was actually the batches giving uh, from the beginning here in Denmark. Uh, Batches, which has been given, you know, many other places in Europe also. But But they were giving in the beginning and mainly to frontline health professionals. Uh, Only 21 percent of the people who got those badges were older than 70. So the argument that it was just the fragile and the elderly is not right. So that we know that 79 percent of the people who had those badges were literally like healthcare professionals. And then you can argue, of course, when you start something that, you know, maybe you will you know, re- report the the side effects uh, more more sincere than afterward. That that could be a point, but still, it's such a huge difference. It's, it, you know, it's not like one day you as a doctor say, oh, that's a side effect, I'm going to report that. And next day, like, oh, that's a side effect. No, not reporting that today. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't like that there was a big focus because actually, you could argue that it was the opposite, because in the start, everyone was like, "Oh my God, this is like literally this is heaven, oh, how lucky we are!" so you could actually argue that people were less um, uh, indicted to go and and do the reporting because they were so happy and they thought this is literally saving the whole you know world, this is like the biggest uh, plus we ever had so but nevertheless, and that 's also. Of course, you can argue this and that, and that's all also what we do in the study. There's a lot of things you can say, well, could that be this? Could that be that? We can't. All we can say is that if it was the same product whatsoever, and when I say product, it's not only what's in the bottle, it's also the transportation, it's also the, the storage, it's also the distribution to the patient and all that. But if all that product line, so to speak, were the same, you would have a, a homogeneity Geneticity, you would have the same kind of more or less the same kind of pattern with the side effects maybe a little more for those badges and a little less for that badges but you would definitely not have the heterogenesis you know the very big difference which which we actually see in our study that you couldn't have if the product or the product line were the same so something is odd about this all this and of course, we have been talking to colleagues who has been vaccinating and and also actually Pfizer itself were out at one point. It was the vice president saying that they were actually building the airplane while they were flying. And that's exactly what we can see from the data, that they must have changed something along the way. Whether, again, it was the product by itself, whether it was the transportation and all that, we don't know. But something has changed Along the way, and we can see it from the side effects but because somewhere or another there is a, a pattern, but what we don't know from our study is what about the efficacy so if they change the product, which it seems like they did, uh, what happened to efficacy you know, and what happened to informed consent because I'm quite sure that if some of my colleagues were having a, a vaccination and were told well. Good luck to you, my friend. We don't know if that will be the batch with, with the many side effects or the one with hardly any, but good luck. You know, I think lots of people, you know, would say, mm, let me have the ones with the less side effects. So you can argue, did the patient or the, did the population actually have proper informed consent?
0: So but it's, I think, it's, and that's... Sorry. I was saying, sorry, just carry on for a second. I think... yeah.
1: No, no. All I want to say is that I think the one who should ask answer these questions is actually Pfizer. I think this study raises a lot of questions with with which whether either you or, or I can, uh, you know, answer. But I think it, it 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 raises questions which should be put forward to Pfizer, whether it should be the authorities, the the governments. Uh, doctors as us, but I think it raises questions which needs to be answered by Pfizer.
0: Rebecca, so I've got a lot of questions for you. So basically, let's go back to the bad batches, okay? Um, is there a time frame when these bad batches came out? Were they coming out early on in 21? Have they stopped coming out? Are these bad batches no longer existing? Or is it still the same
1: no, the bad badges came out as we know we didn't know when we published, but we know now that it came out in in the beginning of uh, of where you vaccinated so and, and there seems to be um, a timeline really, so kind of the bad badges are the one. The one which came out early in the uh, vaccinating uh, period and the green one afterwards and the yellow ones, you know, lately. And, and as far as I know, the blue badges are not out there any longer. So, you know, I don't know if anyone know it must be run <laughs> running out of time also uh, expiring date, but, but they, they were from the beginning.
0: And a quick question. So when you say the blue batches. to make yeah. them blue, I like bad batches. It's just easier to make them blue or bad batches. Yes. What was, what was it? That, was it death? Was it significant illness? What qualified that it was a bad batch? <sighs> what adverse effect are we talking well, about? Well,
1: Yes, you, you call it bad. I, I prefer to call it blue. But what okay. we could see from the side effects being reported, that was also serious side effects that was also death uh, that was but that was also like redness soreness uh, swelliness you know it was the whole line of report reporting of side effects Including death, what we what we would like so so the huge amount of seventy one percent of the reported side effect in that you know timeline where we looked at the data were um, according to only four point two percent you know the blue badges, but what we would like to look more into uh, and and try and see if we can get hold of the data are you know all cause mortality. Because where we started in, in this interview, um, I talked about excess mortality, and actually, what has been buried me for quite a long time now are these this excess mortality and we want to see in which part of that could be related i 'm not saying it is related because we don 't have the data, but it would be interesting to see whether there is a more all-cause mortality uh, with with people who had the blue badges uh, from the people who had, let's say, the green badges. I'm not saying this is all speculative, but we would love to go and look at those data because what this study really shows is that we need many more of that kind of studies. We need many more of that kind of studies. Also from other countries, uh, I think it may be difficult because... In Denmark, we have that surveillance, you could say, about the population. But it's quite easy to get to to make the match between the the bats and the person who had it, and and quite get all the artifacts away, and all the bias away. But but it would be great to have similar studies from other countries, or studies, you know, building up upon that study. And one obvious study is, of course. To look at all cause mortality or myocarditis, we know that young men, especially young men. Sorry,
0: I just just need to pause you for a second. I'll, I'll come back to you. Yes, sorry, I had to pause you because my boiler broke down and we're having a new boiler fitted, and the gas man was outside going. So I've just answered his question, oh, so sorry about okay. that <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so okay. you know with these with these adverse effects and and the reason why you're qualifying them as blue or green or yellow, is there a time frame you know in which you saw most of these adverse effects, or do you think there are also latent um, further on long term complications as well?
1: No. That, yes. Yes or no? What to answer? No. The, the problem is when it's two uh, questions in 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 one uh, uh, question. But now I think what what we could see is that it's mainly uh, uh, side effects in a very short uh, timeline, and that's of course also what worries me. Because let's say. Someone had the blue badge, and eventually, uh, a year after, get a, a, what someone would call turbo cancer. What worries what us also is: is it a fact, or is it just a, a saying, or is it just a narrative? It could also be a narrative which is not true. But then there, lots of doctors won't be aware that this person actually had let's say the blue badge and even less be aware of it should be reported as a side effects. And how could it be reported as a side effects? Because you know, cancer happens so uh, then again then you need to make these studies where you look into the badges as I said with all-cause mortality and you look into the frequency or the incidence of let's say a rare kind of cancer in, or, or at least in a young age and so on and, and that's why we keep looking on these data you see in UK you have uh, more uh, heart attacks you have you know, uh, more heart deaths also and of course it would be interesting to look into those and see whether some of the people who had m- more heart attacks, or you know, the rise, uh, the rising of the heart attacks, would that have, um, would there be a, a tendency toward, let's say, the bad, the or the blue batches? Uh, I, I don't know, but of course, that would be the interesting part to so, look. But Will this there is, be a connection, or is it, it just
0: random? But this is a problem with censorship. This is a problem when anyone who asks questions is labeled a loony. Because this mm. is actually detrimental and harmful, ultimately for patient safety. You know, everything you're asking is common sense. You know, hey, something's not right. We're seeing some issues. We need to look into this. And instead of everybody going, "Oh yeah, we should," let's let's analyze and let's do some studies and let's see what's going mm. on. It's don't be a crazy mm. person. You're a quack. You're a conspiracy theorist. Shut this person down. Your pa- your pa- paper won't mm. get accepted. You won't be published. You won't get funding. I mean, that's. This yeah. whole censorship is totally against patient safety. So uh, you d- you might not know this, but in December last year, I, I did a video on Twitter saying, I'm seeing a lot of people with weird complications. I've got doctors quietly saying to me, they're seeing all these complications. And maybe we should look into mm. this because this has been the biggest experiment known to man. And, you know, mm. we don't know what's going on and maybe we should halt and investigate what's going on. I was censored for that. Mm. I was I was pulled up by my medical director. I was told to stop tweeting and stop yeah. posting videos. And you're an orthopedic surgeon, yeah. stick to your practice. What do you know about this? And I was like, This mm. is my practice. I'm a doctor. I should be speaking up for my patients and their safety, no matter what. Mm. And I'm a holistic doctor. But you know, it sounds like we need yes. more studies. And you know, you talk about turbo cancer. I had a patient who had cancer 15 years ago, it was treated, they were cured. Um but within, you know, just literally weeks of getting their booster, second shot or booster, I can't remember, um, they had cancer riddled throughout their body and they were dead within two months. Mm. And that sounds mm. like turbo cancer to me. And, you know, I've got other stories exactly. like this. So something strange is happening and I've never seen this before. Neurological mm. conditions, blood clots, exactly. for no reason, you know, stuff like that.
1: And that is the thing. And that's why I keep saying that field, field workers or whatever you call it, but, you, you know, people being in the front line, like yourself, whatever one notice, whatever one reckon and say, well, hey, I've been a doctor for more than half a year, you know, so I kind of recognize patterns. I think that's very important because that's also how science work is that it works. That's when people in the field say, I see a tendency, I see something going on. I don't know what it is, but then you can look into those data. And, and because I hear the same stories as, as you're telling, and I see that, you know, around in my own uh, network. Uh, so, but it's then again, is it just because we're more aware of it, or is it actually because the data shows? And like our study shows that, yeah, there are some batches who, who, brings more uh, side effects than others. I think it, it, it's, it should be obvious that we look into those data and, and, and look into those and see, well, did that person actually get one of the blue badges? Or, or not that I'm saying that the other badges can harm you, but, but of course it would be obvious also for the doctors involved, the minute they get an odd story, the minute they get something which they say, I haven't seen this for ages, I've been a doctor for you know 30 years, and I haven't seen this before. Is it a coincidence? Or did they actually have the, the, the blue badges? And I think that's also what I hope will be helpful with our study is that now doctors all over the world, or at least in Europe, because it's mainly used in Europe, these badges, uh, can look into that those stories and see if they have a patient, as you just explained. Well, first of all, try and look up and see, did they actually have the blue badge? And if they had the blue badge, you know, maybe... You should report it as a side effect, as what you think is a side effect. Because as it is nowadays, people, and the same with death, a doctor won't go and say, Oh, that's odd. He died. Let me look which uh, badge number he had or she had. But they should actually, whenever they think this is odd, this is what we didn't have beforehand. I think a proper way of of working as a doctor is to start looking into which badge did that person have and then kind of decide because that's your own personal view in the end as a doctor and decision whether you should report it. And I think that's the only way of helping, you know, other people is to have these reports being reported so we can, you know, look into the data and, and the safety signals.
0: Rebecca, where can a listener, a, a member of the public or a doctor look up to see whether the vaccine that the so-called vaccine that they had is in one of these bad batches can, can, do you know any websites or any resources
1: uh, actually i think we have reported it it's max Smelling who has that uh, these reports um i think also he put it out somewhere I, i'll have to check up because uh there will be somewhere you can't uh, you can't use the well, I, I won't say you can't use how bad is your badge, because it's just that from all I know, it's American data. And we know that the badges which we're giving in America are not the same which it has been given in, in Europe. There has been some kind of, uh, you know, uh, mixture because some American has been in Europe and so on. But um, I'll just, have to find out whether okay. there's... Um, Somewhere you can
0: check it out. If you can, and then maybe email it to me. And what I'll do is I'll I'll put a link on the podcast on website so people can look it up. Exactly.
1: I'll do that. Uh, Because there's definitely somewhere you can see it. It's just uh, where it is. Yes.
0: So Sasha Latipova, who's in um, R&D, pharma R&D in the States, she said to me that the Pfizer vaccine, so-called vaccine that they gave to the Americans was actually completely different to the ones that were given to the Europeans. Are you aware of this?
1: I'm aware of that. There was another uh, production line in 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 the States and and in Europe, and and the, the production line was separate. But I'm um, then again, you know, that's not my main. Uh, sure. You know. Uh, sure. It, what, what I'm, you know, I can look into the epidemiology, but what was in it and and how much M I N A, and if there was any contamination and DNA contamination, and all that uh, that that's that's not uh, up, no, up no. for me. You know, that's my. Not, that's not what I'm. That's not my credential, sure, so to speak. Sure. So that would just be uh, pure guesswork, guessing, and, and, and I don't. Uh, I don't like to guess, but no, no, but I know for sure that the production that were were separate. But what I think is, and what I think is odd, is that you know, as you said yourself, our study was out April 11, I think, just mid-April. And I keep saying that, of course, a second after it was published, uh, Pfizer would be the first to knew that it was out there. And what I think is interesting is that Pfizer hasn't been out commenting on this study and, and it has a huge reach. It, it reaches, it has, has a, had a huge reach all over the world, you know, and been discussed here, there and everywhere. And I think for the journalists, one of the most, if not the most viewed and read in full text, uh, publication they had. And I think it's odd that Pfizer hasn't been out commenting on that, which just shows me that one, we are right. You know, I, I, I wasn't in doubt that we were right, but yes. you know, they because if we were, you know, for sure, very wrong, they would come out the second half and say, no, this is pure, you know, fantasy. And then this is just something they found, you know, and made up the numbers and all that. And it just kind of tells me that we have hold that there's something going on. There's something with that product line, and again, I don't know where. And therefore, I think what is most odd is that no one has put these questions forward to Pfizer and said, well, please comment on that. Study. That was, my, what that are was your my own findings.
0: Yeah, that was my next question. Where is the UK MHRA, Medicines Health Regulatory Authority? Where is the European uh, Medicines Authority? Where, why are they not questioning Pfizer and saying, hey, what's going on with this data? What happened? Did you change exactly. something? Exactly. <laughs> Has that happened exactly?
1: And and I think and no and I well I don't know they could have that you know which we which is not publicly publicly. But what worries me is that these safety signals. I mean, it's more than a year ago. Where we saw these safety signals. Uh, and, and of course, uh, the Danish uh, medical agency and, and, you know, uh, the Danish Serum Institute. I mean, the, the, the people who's taking care of the safety signals. And that's why you have this database to look into the safety signals has just ignored it. And I think that's very varying because usually when you have databases like that, the authorities will, of course, one look into the safety signals and the minute you have a, a you know a safety signal you will uh, draw, take take away the batch or, or whatever it is and and kind of go to the uh, firm and say uh, the production line what happened here and and how can you secure that the that the product is the same and so on and nothing seems to have happened In, instead they have tried to silence us they have tried to defame us they have tried to kind of miscredit us and and you know while it's so much up in your face that there's a safety issue. And that's what worries me. But then again, it's along the same line with the amazing thing, the, the, the demolishing, the everything, the, the censorship. So it's just a crazy world. But talking about the censorship, for me, it's also important to, um to, uh, you know, to tell you that we actually tried to have this published in, New England Journal of Medicine we mm-hmm. tried to have it published in JAMA in the Lancet in Archives of Internal Medicine you know the four big ones i i i also think we even tried uh, British Medical Journal but at least the four uh, the four big ones and none of them uh, none of them sent it for peer review it was i think New England Journal of Medicine literally took the chief editor 2 hours to reject it and say no thank you and that just shows us how Bad the censorship has been because yeah. along the same line, some of the publications you know, like uh, New England Journal of Medicine, has published has been literally. Crab science, so to speak, part, my friends. But you know, it's been like everything which was on the hip, hip, hooray uh, line, they would, they would, uh, you know, uh, publish. And here you have like something which really has an important impact for the whole population and for everyone. And then it's just like that; they didn't even send it for peer review. So the first journal who took the course and sent it for peer review, they published it.
0: And that journal, Sorry. I'll just read it out. I'll just read that journal and I'll put it on the on the podcast as well, is a European Journal of Clinical Investigation, um, batch dependent yeah. safety of the BNT 162 B two MRNA COVID nineteen vaccine. Max Schmeling, Bebeke Maniche, Peter Riz Hansen. Um, I urge everyone to have a look at it. It'll be on my, be on my website, com. Bebeke, I love you even more after you said it's crap science that they publish. God bless you. You're my kind of person. <laughs> Absolutely. It's crap science. You know. <laughs> and I realize that it, it it has been. Yeah. There's so much bias and you know, this so-called thing, the science and trusted science and peer-reviewed you know, evidence-based medicine is actually clinical expertise and and, and experience, patient values and experience, and peer-reviewed literature. It's all three. But they some te- somehow mm. seem to have gotten rid of the doctors and the patients, and they say everything is all about the scientific papers, which we now know is so corrupt. It's so corrupt. So mm. much. So many conflicts of interest. But-
1: yeah, I don't know if whether it's corrupt or it's just kind of the same way, the, the same kind of the same mass psychosis, because I thought in the end it was fun to read those articles, because whatever it showed of something which might, you know, be varying, there would always be yes. like a small line, uh, uh, you know, saying, but it's still a very good idea to have the vaccination. I was like, why do they bother to write that? You know, keep it to the the facts and but it was like you, you had to have that disclaimer every time but it's still you know it was and, a- and and that kind of shows me how how crazy it was but I, <sighs> I i don't know whether it's corrupt i'm just saying it's that same censorship i know but which, I w- you know
0: look at that that disclaimer that you're talking about was basically scientific virtue signaling it was like, "Oh hello, look, I yeah. still believe yeah. I'm a good person. I believe the vaccines are great. Exactly. My paper my paper suggests that there might be a problem, but I'm still a good person. I still believe these vaccines. I mean, exactly. it's so it was exactly. so unscientific." And I looked at it and I laughed and exactly. I thought, "What a joke." <laughs> what a joke.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So that, uh, but, but
0: but but the rest wouldn't, you know. Yeah, everybody's just I would not laugh. Their 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 brains are just, I don't know, the the lights are not on inside. Going back to the Bad Batches, exactly. so some people yes. out there think the Bad Batches were actually part of a great experiment by the military, the American DOD and Big Pharma, mm. to see what was more lethal mm. and what wasn't. They're actually playing with us. they were experimenting to see what was toxic and what wasn't. Um, apart mm. from that theory, is there any other reason that would account for Bad Batches?
1: I mean that theory I can't go into because I don't. We no, people are talking it. about our don't, study yeah, no, don't and said you know the yellow one was a placebo, which is, isn't as it as it looks like. But nevertheless, no, I think I think more the idea that they kind of they it was such a rush. But again, I don't know anything, and that's why we need this transparent discussion because the 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 the, the right answer may be what you say another one has said. But but what I reckon and what I think would be the most uh, you know, um, obvious. Uh, but I'm, I, I still don't know. Is that it was such a busy time? We knew that they changed the production from the project, uh, the project um, vaccine till the commercial vaccine, and probably along the way they find out. You know, they. I mean, Pfizer must have much more information and insight than you and I have. You know, together because they actually have the production line. And uh, what I expect is that uh, they along the line found out. Oh, oops. This is no good and too many side effects. And, oh, let's take that out and let's put that instead. You know, so it was kind of, as he said, the vice president, we are building the, the airplane while we're flying, which is like they are changing the product because... They, it was all in a rush. But again, you know, sometimes the the truth is like a little of that and a little of that and a little of that, and many interests c- could be a part of it. So I wouldn't say it's, it's v- this v- or that. V- all v- Becky, I'm saying is we need transparency. Yes. Rebecca, v- how,
0: how would you feel if you're my patient and I, during the operation, while you're asleep on the operating table, started making up the operation as we went along? And then halfway, no, and then, yeah. and, and then after five or six of my patients, after doing this, I realized I was doing something wrong and, you know, people's legs were falling off. So I, um, I changed the operation a little bit so it didn't happen. But if I, and I didn't tell no. the patients this, I didn't tell the hospital, I didn't tell anyone, I kept it quiet. Hush, hush. Do you think no. that would make me a good doctor?
1: I think that would be a little varying, so to speak. And I, and I think, no, no, that wouldn't make sense. And, and that would be, of course, harmful. And then you're back to the informed consent, because you need to people to have informed consent. What are you doing? What are the side effects? What are the chances for me never to walk again and all that? So, so I think, and, and that is actually also a very important part of this, where people actually informed probably, probably, about the side effects the risk and so on and as our study shows uh, the 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 answer is no it doesn't seem going, right
0: so going going and that's back varying to, of course going back to me being that kind of surgeon that's making up the operation as mm. i go along covering up my mistakes yes quietly and yes would you ever be able to trust me no, <laughs> no, no.
1: I think I would choose another doctor. I think I would look into the record of an, another doctor. <laughs> I must be honest. No, no, but you have a point. But then again, why haven't we had this these discussions publicly? Why have we been censored? Why ha- have we been closed down and, you know, uh, prosecuted why, why, why personally do you and think, all that?
0: Why do you think?
1: Oh, I, I wish I had, you know, I, I've, I've spoken with lots of my not only colleagues, but also journalist friends, you know, why ha- has I been censored and other doctors all over the world? And I think the best answer was that whatever we said, it was inconvenient. You know, it didn't, it didn't fit into the narrative. It didn't fit into the fear mongering. And then again, a lot of people have, And, you know, the press, they had a lot of money out of this fear mongering because we were all, oh, my God, another one died, you know, so. A lot of people and Pfizer, of course, and a lot of people actually got uh, power and money out of this. So, But I think there's not, again, just one answer. I think there's, uh, and you could say that the country's security also was, uh, you know, uh, very fragile. when When we closed down like Denmark, the first thing I said at that point, we didn't have the war between Russia and uh, Ukraine. But I said, well, you know, for crying out loud, you close us down a country whenever, you know, Russia or whatever could just slowly get into the country because we were all sitting behind our, our you know, screens and and being very, you know. So I think uh, safety, you know, uh, security, homeland security, whatever it's called, I think a lot of issues were, were there, but I don't think there's only one question. I think that lots of things were going on, and in the end, there was a mass psychosis. There was like a mass psychosis, and it was like I said, the biggest nudging experiment of the, the century. And but but it's it's hard only to find one answer. But yeah. nevertheless, I keep wondering, and I keep wondering like this study, which have had such a, a a big reach all over the world, no one from the the mainstream media, no one has you know. Not even mentioned that study, and you know, if you if you had another story with the same reach, it would be like all over the newspapers. You know, it would be headlines all over the world. But none until now Absolutely. has mentioned it, which you, I think is very is crazy. If
0: you if your if your research was about how amazing and fantastic the vaccines, these jabs, these experimental jabs were, they would be plastered everywhere. Anyway, I've got a few things yes. I want to quickly get off my chest. Yes, so um. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I just want to say I'm I'm terrified of Pfizer. I'm not scared of Putin, I'll tell you that. Anyway, moving on, yeah. are there any mm. further studies that you're doing um that, that you're gonna shed some light on? Are you looking into this topic a little bit more? That's number one. Um number two, be, yeah. And number two, you know, what is driving you like to do this? All the censorship, all the kind of like people turning their back on you thinking you're a crazy person and calling you names. Why don't you just quit? why don't you just stop all this nonsense and enjoy the summer?
1: Well, well, one thing is if I take the first is that we will try and look into all cause mortality with the badges. And, and these days I'm very much looking into again, excess mortality. I want to put focus on that. We haven't published anything about excess mortality other than, you know, on the social media and that. And as I said, I just had the numbers, the, the, the recent numbers just today. Uh, But, but, In in publishing way, I think we will try and focus more on the um, all cause mortality and see if there's a a connection uh, with the badges, and also try and do, um, uh, you know, uh, look at the new data we have had and see if there's new, new, new signs or new trends in the data we have had after the data we have been publishing. So there's quite a lot of work in that area, and I hope that we will be able to have it more, you know, quickly. Uh, published. So we're looking into that already and and try and get hold of the data. And also so many scientists from all over the world are reaching out. So I I hope that we'll get some kind of cooperation. Actually talking about funding, we haven't been, uh, we haven't tried to have it funded uh, because we knew that there wasn't a chance. Maybe now there's a better chance. And then the question what's driving me? Well, I think because in the beginning, I mean, this is like I said you before, this was, this is actually my medical DNA, so to speak. This is actually what I'm good at. You know, I'm good at reading the science. I'm good at looking into data and epidemiology. I'm looking, I'm good at finding the trends and all that. So because I, you know, I haven't been mistaken or, you know, everything I said and all what I thought was right has been right, it kind of drives me even more because I know that if I if if I st- step down, if if we hadn't published this, all this very important information hasn't been you know available for for the world or the public or whatever you can call it. So I think that's what drives me. And also I'm so you know uh, I'm so lucky that I have what you could call a, um, very close uh, friends and colleagues, which are a very and has been a very big support and gives me, you know, sheds me in love, so to speak. So I'm I'm like I'm very happy and and I'm and, and, I'd like and I to send you some I, love as well. Necessary. I'd like thank you very so. much thank you honestly <laughs> thank you. no so i just think it's 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 important to to and i've been harassed so much and I, i've been censored so much so it's like no still standing so i'm like no <laughs> i just continue i think it's important to continue uh, and it's nice that people are reaching out and instead of i have like a saying don't use your energy energy on your enemies you know bring your energies where your friends are, you know, because if we tend to look too much into what our enemies think or say, or, you know, why why they don't like you, you kind of, Get depressed and you you, you stop you know you, you you lose the drive. But if you stay where your friends are, and where the power is, and where the good thinking is, and and you know where justice is, then you get the drive to continue. And and that's where I seek my uh you know diesel so to speak uh, my power. So, but um, but then again, thanks for asking.
0: <laughs> Listen, I think that's a great place to end. I have nothing but love and respect for you. You have the heart. Of a honey badger. And you're a true scientist and a true doctor. And I would love for you to come back, you know, at some future date and talk about the latest research you've done and what you've uncovered. I'm sure all the listeners over here are really going to appreciate the efforts that you've done, not just in the last few years, but over the decades, because you really are a true doctor. And you know, an asset to humanity. I have nothing but love and respect. Is there anything you want to say or are you happy to come back another day? No, thank
1: you. That was very nice. No, no, thank you. That was very nice. And I look forward to come back. And I think the next thing we could talk about is the the matter about excess mortality. Yes. Also, because you have some data from UK, which is concerning. So that could be another nice speak. So I've enjoyed every minute of this uh, speak, even when you were taking away for a second and we were wondering (laughs) what's happening. So I'm very happy. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much, everyone listening. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Bye bye, everybody.